Thanks for listening to The River's Podcast. For more information on this teaching, visit our website at theriver.info. Hey, friends. Barkley and I have an incredibly important question to ask you today. Don't we, Bark? The question is, are now and laters better than Starburst? We think so. This question is of such a magnitude, you might need to pause the video so that you can discuss with the people you're with. Now and later. Pretty good. In fact, if you were here in the sanctuary, I would grab this stack of now and laters that I bought and I would throw them for you to have. So doggone it, I wish you were here. Oh well. Maybe I'll throw one to Austin, who's back in the sound booth. Let's see if he can get it. Incoming! Oh, Oops, I hit the ceiling. Now and laters. I was just curious. Wondering your thoughts. Hey, today, I want to talk to you about a really cheery topic. And that topic is death. How cheery is that, right? Yeah. I can hear you all at home right now. You're all saying, yay, we're going to talk about death a little bit. And to do that, to get at this topic of death, Barkley and I, I think I put him asleep, are going to talk about death in the context of a passage that talks about a wedding, marriage, and death today. So here's the deal. We are in, well, you know, before we say here's the deal, I want you to realize that today I'm actually going to stop my teaching and I'm going to ask you to participate. And I want you to pause when I do that and I'm going to have you either by yourself while you're reflecting or whether you're watching with your family, your friends, your kids, whatever, and I'm going to have you ponder a question and I'll even give you a heads up right now what that question is going to be. The question is how would you live differently? That's what you're going to be asked in a bit. Now, let me adjust my camera so you can see the sleeping dog because he's the hero. There he is. There you can see Barkley. So there we go. We're in Matthew chapter 25 today. It's the parable of the ten bridesmaids. We're going to look at verses 1 through 13. I'll read a little bit. I'll interrupt, comment, and just carry on. Matthew 25, 1 through 13. Jesus tells the following story. He says, At that time, the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of heaven, will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Stop right there. Kingdom of heaven. You need to know, especially if you don't know, that Jesus' predominant message was not for you to accept him as your personal Lord and Savior. In fact, Jesus more often spoke of the coming of the kingdom that he was ushering in than he did about you and your personal salvation. To be clear, the coming of God's kingdom on planet Earth includes personal salvation, but it is so much more. Let me illustrate. If we, as followers of Jesus, make his primary message about salvation when we die and move to heaven 
That is like here on planet Earth, making the sole goal in life is to have a good gravestone when we die. Rather, the point on planet Earth isn't to have a nice gravestone, but to have a sweet and rich life, which includes a nice gravestone maybe at the end of it all. And so the message that Jesus is beginning this parable with, the kingdom of heaven, it's his primary message, and it certainly is concerned about your afterlife, but you can't overlook the fact that the kingdom of heaven is concerned about your current life. And so Jesus helps us out here, helping us understand what this kingdom of heaven is. He says the kingdom of heaven is like ten bridesmaids who go out to meet the bridegroom. Now, let's just be clear. The image is party. Party. So let's get your party hats on, everybody. Because the image of the kingdom of heaven is a party. Let's see if Barkley allows this. Pick your head up there, dog. There we go. Yeah. I'm not sure he likes that. <laughs> he looks like a unicorn. The imagery of the kingdom of heaven is party, particularly a wedding party, Bark. Now, you understand in the New Testament era that weddings... Okay, Bark, I see you're annoyed. If you're listening, Barkley doesn't like his party hat. We'll take it off. Neither do I. It's annoying. The image of the kingdom of heaven... It's one of a party. Woohoo! And what's shocking in that is that for many of us who grew up in the church, the image of God when he talks about what he wants on planet Earth is anything but a party. For many, when we understood as youngsters or new to the faith what God wants for us, we would think he'd want us to be serious and somber. But the very introduction to our story today is an introduction to God's kingdom coming upon us like a party with party hats. Now, here's the thing. You know what that is, right? For those of you who had weddings of your own or have been to a wedding, a vast majority of weddings are filled with joy and party. I'm thinking of Christie's in my wedding almost 26 years ago, June 4, uh, 1994. We'll be 26 years married here soon. We had friends, we had family, we had cake, we had food, we had square dancing. I'm not sure we had square dancing, but it was a party. It was fun. The party image of a wedding feast is the image that Jesus chose to reveal his kingdom in comparison to. So if you got an image of God and his kingdom being stuffy and serious and joyless, the very beginning of our parable today puts that to rest because Jesus wants you to know that his kingdom comes and it comes as a party. In fact, we read, in the book of Numbers, where Moses says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. It's a powerful verse that we often miss when we spend too much time in church. Sometimes church people can be too serious. I'm telling you, it's about joy. Or my favorite verse, I even mentioned it last week in the teaching, I've come that you might have life, life, and have it to the full. That's John 10.10. 10. So, here we go. Back to the text. Jesus says the kingdom of God is like ten bridesmaids who go out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them, the Bible says, were foolish. Five of them were wise. Now, studies show that the natural inclination of the human heart, when there's a juxtaposition of wise and foolish, smart and dumb, good or bad, the human heart is, uh, has a tendency to see the self in the positive 
and others in the negative. That is to say, when we see in the story that Jesus tells that there's five wise ones, five, five foolish ones, our tendency is to see others as the five foolish and ourselves as the five wise. Well, let's just be clear. If you only see yourself as the wise, that is foolish. And conversely, if you only see yourself as the foolish, that also lacks wisdom. So in the story, there's ten wise, there's ten foolish. Let me just say this about you. At any given point in time in your personal history, you can be either wise or foolish. Right? I don't think you are always wise. I don't think you're always foolish. I think there are times when you are wise and you need to resonate with these wise ones because to hear a well done is very powerful and needed. But there's also times when we, like them, are foolish. And it behooves us to note the foolishness so that we can move from foolishness into wisdom. So for the sake of our teaching today, as we continue on in this text, I'm going to invite all of you to examine your own nincompoop status, your knuckle-headed status. Let's assume all of us can be wise from time to time, but we know we can be foolish from time to time. As we go through this text, I want you to examine yourself as if you were the foolish ones needing some light to be shed on an area that could use some brightness. The text continues. The foolish ones took their lamps, but they did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they became drowsy and fell asleep. Now, here's the way it worked back then. They would uh, gather in a group. They would gather in a group, and they would wait for the bridegroom, the, the guy to come. And he'd come who knows when, maybe like a thief in the night. And he would say, I'm here. And they would have to be ready to spring up, light their lamps, and follow him into darkness. And if their lamps were empty, they were going to be left out in the dark. Five of them, the wise ones, were ready and prepared because they thought ahead. Five foolish ones said, hey, let's simply live now and not worry about tomorrow. And as you're going to see, that cost them. At midnight, a cry rang out, the Bible says, here's the bridegroom. Come on, let's go meet him. This wasn't a surprise. It was not a surprise. All ten of them knew that the bridegroom would come sometime, but only five of them lived like what they believed was actually true. All ten of them knew that he would come sometime, but only five of them lived like it was actually true. And then we finish up this text with a paragraph to be read. Then all the bridesmaids woke up. They trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil, your lamps, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for us and you. Instead, go to those who sell the oil, the wise ones said, and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived and took them off. And the bridesmaids who were ready went with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the others came. Lord, they said, Lord, open the door. But he replied, hey, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you don't know the day or the hour. The lack of forward thinking cost the five foolish ones dearly. Remember, 
Let's resist the temptation to only put ourselves into the hero shoes. There are some parallels for us here as well. There are parallels aplenty to look at. I've remembered many times telling you about the six P's that I learned growing up that proper prior planning prevents poor performance. And we can apply that to a myriad of areas, this lesson that these foolish ones learned the hard way. But I want to apply the lesson in one particular way, and I've already given you the heads up at the beginning of our teaching about 12 minutes ago. I want to apply this to the reality that you, my friend, are going to die. Jesus says via the parable, keep watch because you don't know the day or the hour. But you do know you're going to die. And so here we are. We find ourselves in the cheery topic of your future death. And what prompted me to take this direction with this text is, A, because it's in there. It's kind of what the text is talking about. But to go this way as opposed to other forms of preparation, it's twofold. It's the fact that we find ourselves in the midst of this COVID-19 scare where there's all kinds of uncertainty about life. And studies show today that the fear of death is higher today than it has been in around 100 years. And so it behooves me and you for me to actually mention death for a little bit in a teaching from God's Word. The second reason we're going to bark up this tree, you like that, Barkley? I said bark up the tree. Yep. It's because a couple weeks ago I read a book, an old book, it was written over 20-some years ago. It's called Tuesdays with Maury. And the premise is a, a young, well, not young in the time at the time, but a successful author went back to his hometown to interview his dying former professor for about six, seven months every Tuesday. Tuesdays with Maury by Mitch Albom. And the COVID and that book... And the reality that Jesus is talking about it in Matthew 25 leads me to let you know that you're going to die. And it's good for us to talk about this. You see, for the five foolish ones, it wasn't a surprise that a certain thing was going to come and that they needed to live a certain way in order to be prepared for that thing that came. It's true for us. We're going to die someday. It's not going to surprise us like, oh my gosh, I died. It might surprise us when or how, but the fact that we're going to die is a reality. Now, this might be freaking some of you out, but don't be afraid because it's a reality that all of us have to live with, and if we stare it down face to face, the fear factor might just disappear. See, they missed out because of their lack of living as if the inevitable was going to happen. In that book, Tuesdays with Maury, Maury actually posed this thought to Mitch Album. He said, if you live with the end in mind, your today will be sweeter and richer. I want to say it this way. If you live with the later in mind, your now can be more of a party. If you live as if you're going to die and you're motivated by living rightly so that when you get there, this life is fulfilled and rich, today will be filled with more joy than you would have if you lived as if tomorrow will never come. Now, this isn't a new thought for any of you, but let's just be clear. 
everybody who's listening to my voice is going to die. Nobody gets out alive. But very, very few of us live like we actually believe that to be reality. If we did realize we're going to die, would we live differently? This is Jesus' point in the parable. And so I told you earlier that I was going to actually pause the teaching to have you, you know, reflect upon a question. So here it is. Here's the question. I want you to stop when this is done, this little thing, and then start up in a minute. And I want you to either journal with yourself, talk to your dog about things, talk to your cat. Don't talk to your cat because cats are rude. They don't pay attention. But talk to your dog, talk to your family, talk to whoever, and answer the question, how would you live differently today if you knew that somewhere down the road your life would be over? And by the way, there's no if, it will be. With the thought of the ten bridesmaids in mind, ten lived with tomorrow's reality in mind. They brought joy today. The other five didn't live with tomorrow in mind, and they missed out on joy today. How would you live differently? Pause that, come back to me, after you have a bit of a discussion. And while you have a bit of a discussion, I'm going to sit down right here while you pause. Well, Barclay, I guess I don't have to whistle because they've paused. They don't need me to pause in the teaching. They can pause. So let's assume they've paused and they've come back. You're back. Here's the thing now. Again, Maury says, once you learn how to die, you'll learn how to live. And of course, for you Braveheart fans, right, William Wallace said on the night before his death, he says, all men really die. All men die, but not all men really or truly live. Reflect. Right? I mean, so far up to this point when we talk about death and you're changing your life, blah, blah, blah. Who cares, right? It's just preacher speak for me to sit up here and say you're going to die, you need to change how you live, whatever. Without personal reflection upon such things, our time together with me, you, and Barkley is going to be wasted. With COVID in the air, with the reality of all things being turned upside down, this is a perfect time for us to do some introspection and some reflection on how we might live differently with the end in mind so that today's life is more fruitful and more enjoyable. I'm telling you, people, we are naturally inclined to pursue the wrong things. You might have seen in the news that Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, he's on pace to become the world's first trillionaire during COVID-19 when more people are out of Work than has been around for, or than has been, more people are out of, this is hard for me to say. Hang on. More people are out of work today than have been out of work in decades, in decades. And yet, in the midst of a recession, Amazon is making billions of dollars per month because we are pursuing shallow sources of joy. He's going to be a trillionaire, and it's 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 indicative of the reality that we're pursuing wrong things. So with things being turned upside down, what is the new normal? If you have the end in mind, you realize what is important today. 
And realizing what is important today increases the joy and enhances the kingdom of God being a party. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is like ten bridesmaids who go out to meet the bridegroom. The five who are prepared for tomorrow lived in joy today. So how would you live differently is the question that has been on the table. I got a couple of principles I want to throw past you for you to consider. Principle number one, to enhance your living today with the end in mind, is what Jesus said earlier in the Gospel of Matthew when he says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you as well. At the river, we do this thing where our foundational value is intimacy, right? This represents God, this represents you. Boom, it's about intimacy. I'm telling you, as you pursue the things that grow your intimacy with Christ, your joy abounds and your living with tomorrow in mind increases. That's why we have the discipline of the month that Pastor Brad puts together every Friday. If you haven't been following those, check them out on our Facebook page or our YouTube page because the disciplines help you get intimate with the Lord and intimacy with the Lord is at the foundation of how to live rightly today with the end in mind. Seek first. The second thing that might help you in your living differently today to live prepared for tomorrow like the five wise ones is to live a life for others. Maury would say in that book, Tuesdays with Maury, offering others what you have is what gives life satisfaction. He said, taking makes me feel like I'm dying, but giving makes me feel like I'm living. Giving is living. You've heard the analogies maybe of the Dead Sea. It's the lowest point on planet Earth. All kinds of nutrients flow into the Dead Sea, but none of them flow out, and thus it's called the Dead Sea because it's so nutrient-rich that nothing can live in it. Without an outlet of the things that bring life, you will find death. How are you going to live differently with the end in mind today? Seek first, giving is living. Gandhi would say, the best way to find yourself is to serve others. How are you going to live differently with the end in mind? Seek first, giving is living, and then let's use Socrates to help us with a third principle as we apply the teachings of the five wise and the five foolish bridesmaids. Socrates, so long ago, said the unexamined life is not worth living. What if the five foolish ones in our story lived a life of self-examination, and they looked around and they saw that five of them were prepared for the inevitable, but themselves, the one and the four others, weren't prepared. What if they had examined themselves and said, hey, we need to be like them? What if they had made the switch? That switch coming out of some self-examination would have led to more joy on planet Earth and a party like they had never been a part of before. 
So again, I ask you, what are you going to do differently in these days of COVID where the mortality of humanity is ever present more than maybe it has ever been? What are you going to do different? Or when are you going to think about what you're going to do different? The kingdom of heaven is like ten bridesmaids who went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise and had their lamps filled with oil. They were prepared for the inevitable. Five of them were foolish and didn't have oil in their lamps. So when the inevitable came, they missed out on the party. We have a tendency to be fools or to be wise. I ask you to learn from the foolish ones, be like the wise ones, and ask yourself how you're going to do things different in these days of COVID. Thank you for those of you who are continually generous to the kingdom of heaven by giving of your tithes and your offerings. Ministry is continuing in large part because of you. Thank you. If you have prayer needs of any kind, email us prayer at the river.info. If you have questions about the river, how you can get plugged in, when we're going to start services again, which we don't know, we're waiting, but eventually we'll know, email us info at theriver.info, and we'll get back to you. Have a good week. See you next week. Thanks for listening. For more information, check us out online at theriver.info.